Welcome to St. James Parish in Wilmington, North Carolina. You can learn more about St. James on our website at stjamesp.org. Now, just in case you're wondering, no, I haven't forgotten that it's not Christmas Day. Bear with me. Two weeks ago, when I last approached the scripture with you, Jesus was passing through Jericho, just about to take a 15-mile hike with more than 3,000 feet of elevation gain to Jerusalem. Now it is his final week on earth. The culmination of his mere 33 years is almost here, and he's teaching every step of the way. And today, well, today the hike is behind him. He has ordered that donkey to be delivered. He's triumphantly entered the walls of Jerusalem. He's turned over those tables of the money changers, and he's well engaged teaching in the temple. And what a teaching it is that we hear today. These are not easy words to hear from Jesus about the end times. Some of you might recognize these words from other parts of the Gospels, from Matthew chapter 24 or Mark chapter 13, the end of days chapters, also known as the Olivet Discourse, from Jesus being on the Mount of Olives. But I just said that Jesus was in the temple, so that might not seem to make sense. He can't be on the Mount of Olives and in the temple saying the same thing, right? This is one of those gotcha moments that folks love to point to as a discrepancy in the Bible. Gotcha. Jesus can't be in two places at once saying the same thing, right? So the Bible must not be true. But I'm going to tell you very plainly, if you and I spend enough time together, at some point, you're going to hear the same message from me. In fact, you could hear the same message three times, even today. My wife Jennifer can't be in the sanctuary with us for several more weeks, but she's probably watching from home right now, rolling her eyes, because she has definitely heard this before. Or maybe she's watching Downton Abbey. (laughs) The world will never know. My point is this. Jesus had things to say, and a lot of people to say them to. It would be naive to think that he said one thing, one time, and then was done. He very well could have and most probably said the same thing multiple times to his disciples at the Mount of Olives, to the crowd in the temple today. That makes much more sense to me than having a hugely important message and saying it one time. So today, Jesus is in Jerusalem, and we start the reading with people remarking on the remarkable worthy temple that temple that took thousands of men decades to complete, that temple that could be seen from miles away because of its white brick, its gold cornice, the temple that encompassed 30 acres of land, that temple. And then Jesus says, and I'm paraphrasing a bit, yep, it's pretty good, but I'm telling you, it's all coming down. Every single stone. Now that got their attention. They asked him, teacher, when will this be? What will be the sign that this is about to take place? And of course, Jesus being, well, Jesus, he gives them this answer. Beware that you are not led astray. 
For many will come in my name and say, I am he, the time is near. Do not go after them. Not one, not two, not three, many, many, many will come in my name, he says. Do not be led astray. Do not go after them. We have to remember and really always remember that the most effective tool that the enemy has is deception. Anything that might turn us away from the authority of God and God's word in scripture, even by claiming to be God falsely, that's a win for the other side, so to speak. And deception coupled with fear, the time is near. Be afraid. That's a big win for the other side. So Jesus goes on. When you hear of wars and insurrections, do not be terrified, for these things must take place first, but the end will not follow immediately. I wonder, when you read the news these days, are you terrified? When you learn what is happening in our world, in our nation, even sometimes in our own community? I try very hard in my sermons not to say the words should or should not, and yet we should not be terrified. This is Christ himself saying, all of this is going to happen, and this is Christ himself saying, do not be terrified. Do not be terrified and do not be led astray. He doesn't say just let it all happen around us without advocating, getting involved, helping, loving, caring, but we must keep our eyes on Jesus, my friends. Our eyes on the prize. Do not be terrified. Trust in me, he says again and again. And I want to stop for a second, and I want you to hear again, for these things must take place first, but the end will not follow immediately. Those people around Jesus that day, his followers, and and the followers soon after, they were waiting for that kingdom to be ushered in any minute, immediately. And Jesus has just said, nope, not immediately. Okay, Jesus, so like next week, next season, before the next Passover, certainly, yes. They were asking these questions 2,000 years ago, and we're still waiting Only not for the temple, because, of course, we know that there was a first and a then. First, in A.D. 64, Rome surrounded, starved, sacked, and then destroyed everyone and everything in that city, down to the last brick. The last brick. Just like Jesus said it would happen. Now, I don't know when the then is coming, but I do know I'm not terrified. I will not be led astray. I will follow the way. We know that Jesus is talking about the end of this age and then the one to come, which will be heralded by his second coming. That is in our future. So it is no accident that our psalm, chosen for today, has this in mind, Psalm 98, which we sang together. You might take your bulletin home and read it again. And think about this little bit of information about Psalm 98. That very familiar hymn that I opened my sermon with, Joy to the World, that hymn was written with inspiration from the words of Psalm 98. Isaac Watts wrote poetry based on the Psalms. It was a stanza from his poetry based on Psalm 98 that was put to music by composer Lowell Mason. 
Handel got involved along the way as well. I'll let you do your research for that. But importantly, joy to the world, it was never intended to be a Christmas carol. Listen to the words. They clearly depict the second coming of Christ, the future. But there is, of course, a correlation to Christmas, because if you don't have a first coming, you don't have a second coming, first and then. So an accidental Christmas hymn, Joy to the World, became, which is wonderful, because we all know that hymn so well. But today we can know it with our gospel in mind in a much more complete way, a way in which we cannot be terrified by the world around us, and in a way that reflects our hopes, our desires, and our prayers for the then to come. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love and wonders of his love and wonders, wonders of his love. Your kingdom come, Lord Christ. Amen. Amen.